All right, now, I'm giving you that because the book of Genesis chapter 2, uh, the first thing God has given us is our series. That's on Genesis chapter 2, uh, 15, 16, and 17. And we are using the, the tree of life. I'm sorry, the tree of knowledge. All right, we, we taught on the tree of life. And as we taught the series, we just finished uh, the whole thing was to find the tree of life. And we found out when we found that Ark of the Covenant uh, and we found out that we found the tree of life. In that Ark was Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Everything in, the, in this Bible is about Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. All right. Now, let's get into the word of God because I want to give you my subject. We're going to give you our subject once again out of the book of Romans, uh, chapter number seven. And I'm not going to be able to go over all the things that went over this morning. You can get the first teaching from this tape. I'm doing part two today. So we just did 20 tapes on uh, the temple of God. And we showed you who you are. That's my responsibility to show you who you are. I don't, I don't get, get up here and fuss at you for things you do. Uh, you have to teach the word of God like you teach your children. You tell your children who they are. Once people know who they are, they know we, I should be doing that. You know, that kind of thing. Because if you are a king, uh, you are a prince or a princess, you know, you're an heir of God, you're joining heir with Christ, then you should not be doing something that's not, that's not good for you. That's not who you are. You know, that's how I govern my life. Amen. All right. So when I put, when I'm with people, I have to think about it because the people are with me speaks a lot about me. And that's what you have to understand. All right, some people are just not good for you. Amen. They don't want you want. They're not going where you're going. All right? All right, that's, that's not any charge. Just want to put that out there. All right, now let's go to our subject, the book of Romans, chapter 7. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verse 6. Romans chapter 7, verse number 6. It said, but now, are you there in the word? But now... We are delivered from the law. Now, we know when Paul wrote this, he was writing to the Jewish believer. Because he said, but now we're delivered from the law, being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. And then he said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by, the, but by the law. Now, we're talking about the knowledge of sin. That's our subject. Say it with me. The knowledge of sin. One more time. The knowledge of sin. So he says, I did not know sin, but by the law. That's the only way he knew sin. Now, remember, I'm showing you this because that's how you know he's talking to Israel. When you read the Bible, everything in the Bible is not to you. All right. It may be about you to help you, but it don't have to be directly to you. So he says, uh, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Okay. Because of the law, how he is a knowledge of sin. For I had not known lust, except the, the law has said thou should not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, otherwise all kind of covetous desires. For without the law, watch this, sin was dead. I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, remember sin was dead. But when the commandment came, sin revived, came back to life, and I died. And the commandment which was, was ordained to life, I found to be the death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, watch this, deceived me. And I'm going to show you how that happened. The law deceived him, and by it slew him. Right. And that's what you got to understand. Why did it deceive him? Because he thought he could be saved by the law. But the key was he could not keep the whole law. And if you're guilty of just one point on the law, you're guilty of the whole law. Amen. All right. So what I want to do today is I want to. Now, I gave you my subject, the knowledge of sin. All right. This is part two under the tree of knowledge. Remember, Adam now let's show you that. First Timothy, uh, First Timothy 2, 14. In First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14, I believe a lot of you are going to get a lot of questions answered 
uh, that I have not been able to, to give you. First Timothy 2.14 and told you it was Adam, but this Adam is Eve. Remember God called their name Adam. But when a lot of times the Bible says Adam, he's talking about Eve. There are times he's talking about Adam, he's talking about the man, okay? So you have to know what Paul means when he said rightly divide the word. First Timothy 2.14 says, and Adam was not deceived. Now he's talking about the man was not deceived. But the woman, so he comes out and tell you, she being deceived was in the transgression. Now what does it mean to say being deceived, she was in the transgression? Write down the word transgression because that's the word is the key. Transgression means to break God's law. Now it wasn't Adam who broke God's law. It was Eve. Adam was not deceived. But the woman being the seed was in the transgression. See, the in the transgression means she broke God's law. The woman was like the church of God in the days of Paul. Okay? They were under the law. They broke God's law. All right. So I'm going to give you a lot in this teaching. I told you this morning uh, why Paul was still used by God. And although he sinned, the Bible says he, he didn't sin willfully. He sinned how? Ignorantly. Those are the kind of things you got to write down. See, you, Old Testament, you can sin willfully and you have to be guilty. You can sin ignorantly and you can become innocent. That's the difference. In, now, all, all about sin was the old covenant. I want to tell you that. This is why I'm doing this. All about sin was in the old covenant. So here we are in the new covenant and people are still telling you about sin. See, sin was be Sin was under the law. All right. So so let me show you this. Uh, let's go to. Uh, I gave you first. Corinthians. Let's go to first John. I'm gonna, I want to get to some new information. Uh, we, we put this down because I, I don't want to close the day unless I read it. That Hebrew 10, one through four. I'm going to read that out of the uh, NLT. That's probably the last thing I'm going to do before I leave. Hebrew 10, 1 through 14. When God woke me up this morning, uh, 3 o'clock or so, uh, that verse was going off my spirit. Uh, and I want to make sure I close the days with that. All right. Now, I gave you, before I get into my 1 John chapter 3, when I get there, I'm going to do 1 John 3, verse 4 and 5, and then verse 8. But before I go to those, you can write those down. I want to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to show you in verse 6. When you say Adam, what do you want to say? Adam or Eve? When Eve, when they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, why did they die? What was it that they ate? Second Corinthians chapter 3, Paul told us. In Second Corinthians chapter 3, Paul told us. There's the only thing that, that she could have eaten that would surely die. We're talking about spiritually now. The only thing she could eat spiritually die had to be the law. So when God said, thou shall not, thou shall not, or com he commanded them, see, that's the command, thou shall not eat thereof. The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, they ate. What did they eat? The law. See, what do you see people telling you on television today? Some of y'all ever watched this, the apple, orange, a pear or something, right? Right. Now you know it would, all that was just ignorant. They don't know. I keep telling you, people don't know, so they just pass it off on you because they know you don't know neither. They didn't eat no apple, orange, pear, banana, nothing. They ate the law. Here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Who, who also, we're waiting on the scripture on the screen. It said, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament not of the letter. Somebody said, not of the letter. <laughs> said the letter of the law. Right. But, but of the spirit. Now, here you are. You are looking inside of the garden. Now, one day, hopefully God let me teach on the trees of the garden because it's not what you think. Not what I thought all these years, neither. Right. Uh, there were nations. When you're talking about the trees of the garden, there were nations. Okay. Uh, not just Little old tree sticking over here saying, don't eat me. All right. But anyway, hopefully God let me do that one day. But anyway, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, the letter killeth, 
but the spirit give it life. Now what the only thing that kill it? The letter. Now what the letter is called the law. So I know what she ate. She broke God's law. I showed you that in 1 Timothy 2.14, didn't I? The woman was what? In the transgression. And transgression means what? She broke God's law. So if she broke God's law, we know what she ate. God told her not to eat of the law. See, that's why I say to you today. See, that's what you, you got people they want to be in other churches, but the people are preaching you law. They preaching you law. They don't know it. When we were here eating bread off the table, that's law. Water baptism is law. See, that's why Paul said he was deceived. Look, look at, the, look at the Acts 22, 16. I'm, I'm on my way to catch up. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. When I, get to, when I read Romans 7, you're going to understand that Paul was deceived. And the way he was deceived, because Ananias told him if he'll be baptized in water, probably in Jesus' name, he, he will wash away his sins. And that's what people are teaching today. Acts 2.38. See? But watch what the Word of God said. Acts chapter 22, waiting for the screen. Verse 16 says, here we go. And now why tarry thou? He's talking to Paul. Arise, be baptized, and wash what he says. Wash. Come on, I need, I need. Remember all those people we ministering to? Come on now. In Acts chapter 22, verse 16. Now why tarry thou? Be baptized. Watch what he says. And wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So that's how they believed they were saved. That was Old Testament. You have to understand something. All the people that, that were Jews in those days, they were the, most of the people that Paul was ministering to were Jews. They were under the law. All right? So you are not under the law. We'll go to that next. Now he said, why tarry thou? He's talking to Paul. Ananias talking to Paul. He said, rise and be baptized and wash away thy sin. Wash away thy sins. Called on the name of the Lord. Now go back to verse 12 in that same chapter of Romans chapter number I'm sorry, Acts 22, 12. Acts 22, 12. Paul had just come to Damascus. And watch what it said in verse 12. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law. So Ananias was under the law. He had a good report of the Jews was well there. So Ananias was a, was a Jew. He was under the law. So when he told Paul, why walk, arise and be baptized, wash away thy sin, He's talking about as a Jew. So when Paul get to Romans chapter 7, he's going to tell us that he was deceived. Let's go look at it, shall we? Romans chapter 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, when I say thank you, Holy Spirit, that means he just put his hands on my left side of my head. You know, I'm not going to run. It used to be a time I run out of here. Now I can say praise the Lord because I know who it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 7. Now in Romans chapter number 7, this morning we read you verse number 6. Uh, did I read that already? I never finished, did it? All right, let's go back to that because I don't think we finished. Let's go to verse 7. That's where he was. Um, no, I read that. It deceived me. Let's drop down to verse 14 now. That's where we're at. Romans 7 and verse 14. It says, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now, if he say he's carnal, what is he saying? Let me show it to you. In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 6. So when he said, I'm carnal, he's telling you he wasn't saved. Because to be carnal is to be carnal-minded. And you got folks still think because somebody told you, well, really you doing all this because you're carnal Christians. You can't be both. To be carnal means you're not saved. You have a carnal mind. All right. Now look at Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says. To be carnal minded is what? Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah. All right. I know you got your mask on. It looks really nice, but you still talk. All right. To be carnal mind is death, but to be spiritually mind is life and peace. So what did God save? Your mind. 
Did you hear that? To be carnal in mind it is death. To be spiritual in mind is life and peace. So what you do? How did God save you? He gave you his mind. Let me put it this way. He gave you a new soul. That's who the mind is, the soul man. He gave you a new soul. He took out the old one. That was Ezekiel 36, 26. You can put that down. I'm not going to be able to go back to it again today. Ezekiel 36, 26. God gave you a new heart. He gave you a new mind. Gave you a new soul. You are a new creation. All right? Now, so in, in verse number 7 is where we're at. Go back to verse seven, chapter 7, I'm sorry. Chapter 7, verse 14. So Paul is giving you his testimony. He doesn't know he's saved until chapter 8. So he's going through showing you he had to be delivered. So you go through the book of Romans. That's how you teach the book of Romans. Every chapter is telling you Paul is learning more and more. And he shared his testimony with other believers. Romans chapter 7 and verse number 14. Once again, he says, I know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Watch this. I'm soul under sin. That's where he was. Now, he know all of this was because of the law. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. For what I hate, that I do. He's telling you, I'm carnal. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not want to do it, but, but, but I'm, I don't have the power not to do it. Now, once he got back in the law, what gave the, the law its power? No, I'm sorry. What, go, what, what gave sin its power? The law. So that's how the law had its, that's how sin had its power, but because of the law. And the only reason you can take the power away from sin, you have to take away the law. So that's what Paul says. The law, uh, uh, sin was dead in me once, but when the law came, sin revived and I died. Sin came back to life. So if I teach you the law, I teach you the sin. Otherwise, if I teach you the law, I empower you to sin. And people don't realize you teach the law, the people get worse. That's why Moses had that problem and told God, your people. God said, no, they're your people. <laughs> right. Now, verse 15, for that which I do. Verse 16, if I, if I do that which I would not, watch this, I consent unto the law that is good. I'm coming to this camp. It says, now then, it's no more I that do it. Watch this. But I realize it's sin that dwelleth in me. Now, remember, Ananias told him, arise, Acts 22, 16, and told him, wash away your sin, called in the name of the Lord. So Paul feel, realized, I got no sin. But once he came and started studying with them and got under that law again, sin revived. So he go, that's what his testimony is. He said, verse 17, now then is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I know that's, that's in my flesh, that is, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I, I do not, but the evil, which I would not, that I do. What is the tree called? The tree of what? Knowledge of what? Good and evil. That's what he's talking about. He found himself doing good, and then he's doing evil. What's going on? You eating of the law. See, you, you got to know when you are listening to folks who are under the law. You will see that in your life. You do good, you do evil. You do good, you do evil. You, you don't know how to live. You live a good while, live a lot. You, you're being fed law from somebody. So be careful what you're eating at. Verse 19, once again, the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I do, I, that evil that I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not, is no more I that do it, but what? He realized he wasn't saved. He says, sin is in me, and he realizing that as much as I stay under the law, sin is getting stronger. Because what happened to the law? Sin, law empowers sin. For verse 21, I find a law. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present. Now, what's going on here? Why am I still doing evil? I'm, I'm doing good, but I'm... That's the law. Then he said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, against my mind, 
and bringing me in the captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So he realized that he, he, he don't know how to get this saved. Then the next verse said, but I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, with the mind, I myself show the Lord God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he realized he living in this house, but he recognized that the flesh had a old nature. And he could not stay under the law because it would give life to the old nature. Let me say it again. See, people got to understand, you can't, you can't just go to churches and sit up under the law. Because they got bread on the table on the first Sunday. And just because they got water baptized, you're eating from that table and it's causing your flesh to sin. It's giving power to your sinful nature in your flesh. Then you start thinking evil thoughts. People you used to talk to in school. You ain't never thought about people you used to talk to in school. People I used to talk to in college. All them years way back. You're looking for your old girlfriend picture. All that stuff coming up. Where is it? You got something you ain't got a hold to, or something got a hold of you. All right. All right, let's, let's move on. Now, let's go show you where sin is. I gave you 1 John 3, 4, and 5, and verse 8. Now, I want those scriptures out there so somebody get ready to, to give them back. All right, I know one of them was 1 John chapter 3. And 1 John chapter 3 told you, uh, I, I'm going over into 1 John chapter 3 because this is one of the teachings that John did for the church of God, all right? They were Jewish believers. So he's going to explain to them about transgression because remember, there's no transgression in New Covenant. There's no law for you to transgress. Now, you, you see, the key with, with people is, and I'm saying this here, I'm your pastor, because you've got to understand old things are passed away. I read the, that this morning. You've got to understand, I'm going to do a teaching on that showing you old things have passed away, and I'm going to show you what the old things were. And one of them was the law. To say something passed away means it has been fulfilled. Christ fulfilled it. And let me put it another way. Christ replaced it. So you don't have the law of commandment, you have the law of love. Christ fulfilled it. You don't have sin, you have righteousness. And so people can't, can't handle that because they, they realize, no, you're telling me that I don't sin. So you're going by what happened on the outward of man. You're not looking. You know no man out the flesh no more. Now, just follow me alone. See, transgression means to break God's law. Well, you don't have a law to break no more. All right, watch this. First John chapter 3 and verse 4. That's why I want you. Here we go. Whosoever committed sin, watch this. The word committed means serve. Whoever serves sin does what? Transgress also the law. What is transgress? If I can just get everybody to help me out, I really appreciate it. Transgression means what? To break God's law. See, we're not just teaching us in here now. We're teaching three billion people out there watching you on television. You're going to ever be an evangelist, be it now. Our ministry is not in here no more. It's out there. This is what we've been waiting on. All the years of this ministry. My wife and I, many days, we, we were like, God, this word got to get out there. How it's going to happen? We can't afford that. We, we're paying for a church. We cannot afford to pay television ministry. So the Lord opened my door. Come on now. And put it on Facebook. Put it on your podcast and it goes around the world. Why are you here in church? So you got to extend yourself. You got to every now and then thank the Lord. You got to say something because it's not about it here no more. All right, let's, let's minister to those people, right? First John chapter three and verse four. Whoever committed sin, serves sin, transgress also the law. So it can't be you because we don't have no law no more. All right. For sin is the transgression of the law. Hello. The definition of sin, sin is the transgression of the law. Well, it can't be you 
Because we don't have no law anymore. Christ fulfilled the law, every jot, every till of God's law. He fulfilled the Psalms and the prophets and all of God's law. Everything been fulfilled by Christ. So that's why we ought to be glad because of the two trees in the garden. One of them was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that's the one the Old Testament believer ate. The woman. Oh, my God. But there was another tree in the garden and it came to our side of the cross. If you start over here under the Old Testament, you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you read the book of Proverbs, every scripture just about would tell you something in the good and something bad in the same verse. Most of the thing you, you learn in the Old Testament, he'll tell you something good, then he'll tell you something bad in the same verse. What is breaking God's law? I'm going to show you that in just a moment. You can write that down. I'm going to take it to you and show it to you. Uh, breaking God's law is the same word as transgressing. You can't transgress. If I can just get that over. You, they, that's not even a word. Handful. But it talk about Israel, even in the New Covenant, that transgress is not a New Testament word. All right. Here in verse number 1 John 3 and verse number 4 says, Whoever committed sin transgressed the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. Now watch the next verse. And you know that Jesus was manifested. He's talking about in the flesh. God came in the flesh. Why did he come in the flesh? To take away our sins. Do we believe he did that? Well, if he took them away, you can't have them. I think we need to get serious with him. He took them away. I told you where he took them away at. First Peter 2.24 told us, right? We go there next. And verse number, we got, go, we got to go to verse 8 before we leave here. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins. To take away our sins. He came in the flesh. What purpose? To take away our sins. And verse, and said, and in him was no sin. Whosoever in him was no sin. But he took ours away. Look at first Peter while you're in first John. Just back up a little bit. 1 Peter 2, 24. He took our sins away. That's why I actually had you ever seen the Ten Commandments. And you said, yeah, Lord. And I asked you a question. I said, have you seen Aaron throw down Moses' rod? Remember, it was Moses' rod, which is a type of Christ. See, you remember Moses was as God and his rod was as Christ. Wow. That's Wow. All right, so when he threw the rod down, that rod swallowed up the two serpents that the two magicians threw down, because that was called sin and death, the two serpents. So he swallowed them up, and that rod caught by Moses. I said, let the people go. I like that. I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all get high on, but I like that. Huh? Now, because he had already practiced with that rod in the wilderness. He told Moses, throw that rod down. And that rod went to move it. He said, catch it. He goes, oh, Lord. Catch it. Yeah, catch it by the tail. He caught it by the tail and it stood up again. Moses already done that before. So he said, now, when you get before Pharaoh, I want you to do this miracle. He, God already knows you. He's going to throw down his, his stuff. You throw your stuff down and your rod going to ease over there and say, where your snake's at now? Where your sin at now? Where your death at now? If I can only get the choice to believe that Christ already swallowed up death and sin. Well, I'm going to show you where he put it at. 1 Peter 2, 24. That's why I have to give you the knowledge. If I don't give you the knowledge, you don't have nothing to believe. Let me say it again. You have to learn to be a teacher. If you don't give the people the knowledge, they don't have nothing to believe. That's why when you tell your children to do something, tell them what to do. You got to give them the instruction. That's, that's what knowledge is. Knowledge is information. Facts. It's acquired through experience or education. See, my responsibility is to make sure I educate you. 
in the word. So you go around other believers, they're going to say, oh, you go over there to the door of faith. Well, how you know I go to the door of faith? Well, I know. You know the word. That's how it works. All right. All right. Now, 1 Peter 2, 24. Are you there? In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. What did, what did he put it at? Who is on sale? Are you there? Now, in verse 22, say he did no sin, neither was it found in his mouth. But here, in verse 24, says, who was on self bear our sins in his own body. He bear or carried our sins in his own body, watch this, on the tree. So when he got on the cross, he had our sins in his body. He took them to the cross. That's an awesome thing. And he died on the cross. And when he died, he died under the law. So when he died under the law, sin had no more power over him. You got to see what happened. He had to die on the cross because he had to destroy the curse. All that would be on the cross. He was taking away the curse that was over Israel because if you're under the law, you're under the curse. That's why I keep telling people, you can't be one of the people who are under the law. Everything God wants to do in your life, you can't do it because you're trying to, you're putting yourself back under the law. You got people telling you baptize water in Jesus' name. He's putting you back under the law. You're trying to eat the bread off the table and the wine out in the glass. You still put yourself back under the law. All of that's natural. The law is not natural, the law is spirit. The new covenant is spirit. The new covenant is not natural. Grace is not natural. Grace is spirit. Grace is favor. And it's favor that comes from God. Favor means if God do not have somebody, he will birth them. He will raise them up and send them to bless you. He doesn't care. He will import somebody to come in your life and help you. That's great. So you got to never say, I don't know. You can't ever get to a place that don't think you have because as long as you got grace, you got favor with God and God can bring anybody in your life and help you. You get into school, you get into colleges and you're going like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. God will put somebody in your life and they become a good friend of yours and every time you, they go to study, they be like, come on, go study with me. And for the only thing, they become your tutor. God will put somebody in your life to help you. That's what grace is. I know we got grace in the house today over here. But we got God's grace, God's grace in our life. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. Who is own self? We hear now. Bear our sins in his own body. So when he went to the cross, he had put our sins in his own body. On the tree. He swallowed up sin and death. Being dead to sin... That we being dead to sins shall live on the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So he had to destroy sin. He condemned sin. Romans chapter 8, 1 through 4. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. You enjoying the word. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. So when he got to Romans chapter number 8, verse 1, he said, There therefore now no condemnation. And that's what you got to say this morning. Say it with me. There's therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation means what? Judgment. Don't you hear people say, well, you know, we all got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's a lie. That's not to you. That's for Israel. You're going to learn it in this teaching. Why would you have to stand before the judgment seat anyway? You don't have a judgment seat in your life. You have a mercy seat. You don't have a judgment seat. You got a mercy seat. Come boldly to the. I need somebody to know the word. Come boldly to the what? Throne of grace. That you can find mercy. And grace to help you in time of need. God always got grace for you. 
That's God's favor in your life. And you got to expect favor. Look at somebody and say, I expect favor. I don't care where you go. There are times you are driving a little too fast. And you know what God do? He'll pull over somebody else and let you go by. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you be like, whoa, my God. I thought they wanted me. He did want you. But God caught the wicked in the net so the righteous can go free. That, that's in the Bible. You got to know you're favored by God. When you go in to get an application for a job, you already been favored. Need to start talking about it today. I might need to get up and go get my job because I already know this, this is mine. You got to expect that. Somebody say expect favor. You got to start expecting favor every day of your life. Regardless of what you do, where you go, you always got to expect favor. Somebody, God going to use to be a blessing in my life. Every day of my life. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There, therefore, now no condemnation, no judgment in your life to them which are in Christ Jesus. And you got folks out there with teaching. Well, we all got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of what we did in this flesh. I ain't in the flesh, thank you. Thank you very much. Not in the flesh no more. I've been born again. Once you've been born in the spirit, you've been born out of the flesh and you're born into the spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9 said, But you are not in the flesh. You just got to know what the word says. I'm a new creation. My father is the king. Nah, I didn't go over too good. Let me tell the camera. I'm a new creation. My father is the king. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, here we go in verse number uh, 2 says, what happened? How did I get delivered? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the law of the spirit of life. You got the spirit of life. See, I got the spirit of life in me. Now, how do you get the spirit of life? That's the tree. You're not trying to get eternal life. That's who Christ is. Come on, say Christ is, Christ is. eternal life and he lives here. See, once Christ came in your soul, he came in your soul so your soul can live forever. You didn't get that. When Christ came in your life, he came in your soul, which is your life, so your life, you got eternal life, which is him. You never got to be worried about being separated from him again. See, a lot of us quoting the scripture in the old covenant, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then he says, until. You go to Matthew, read the last uh, end of a chapter in Matthew 28. He'll tell you the end. I want you to find that for me. And you see, people, people tell you, and they go, they go there into the world, into the end of the world. Lord, I'm with you always to the end of the world. That ain't to you. He ain't with me to the end of the world. The world already ended. That's what he's trying to tell Israel. When the world ends, I'm with you until the end of the world. That's not you. <laughs> you got eternal life. He's not with you until the, until the body died. That was the end of the world physically. You have eternal life already. That's who Christ is. He is your eternal life. All right. Matthew 28 what? Matthew 28 20. Put it on the screen. I want them to see it. See, a lot of times we quote Old Testament teaching. I've been, under, I've been under, I keep telling you, God had to help me. All this stuff people teaching with the Old Testament. Look what Jesus says. He told them to go, all, go also in all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. Well, he not wasn't talking to you. He didn't tell you to go into all the world. Well, that's what people are thinking, that God told us to go to all the world and evangelize. He didn't tell you no go, no, go nowhere. He told you come right here and sit down and let me feed you this word. <laughs> Ain't nowhere in the Bible God told you to go nowhere. Most people die and go to hell trying to please somebody else who told them to go in all the world. It's not in the Bible. It's not there for you. This is not. Back up and see who he's talking to. Back up, back up a minute. Let's see who he's talking to. Give me two or three verses. There you go. There you go. Now, Jesus rose from the dead. He came and spake to them. We're going to find out who those them is. 
All power is given to me in heaven and earth. He's talking about in Israel. Go therefore and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's what most Baptist churches use for their theology class. They ain't talking to you. Teach all nations. Teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. Well, what did he command them? I'm not supposed to be preaching what Jesus commanded us. Hello, somebody. Hello, lights. They were supposed to teach what Jesus taught them. Paul told us to go on to perfection. Not land again the teaching Jesus taught you. And that's what people are teaching right now. Trying to teach you about communion. You got to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. Do you pray in the Holy Ghost? Do you speak with tongues? You know, you got to stand in full of judgment. That's all the stuff they're talking about. It's an old foundation. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. That's how long he was with them. But how long he with you? That means that can't be you. You got eternal life. But when that, when, when that time was over, they didn't choose Christ and live for him. He wasn't with them no more. Even his name was called Emmanuel, God with us. He was with them to the end of the world. But if they didn't choose him and be, and be live for him, they wasn't going to be with him no more. That ain't you. You got a new, new covenant. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, any, what else I got out there? The law of the spirit of life. That's what it said in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from two laws. The law of sin and the law of death. All right. Now, let, let's move on because I, I got a lot of stuff I got to do. Let's go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. Back up to Romans. And chapter 3 and verse 19. The spirit of God said to me, I want you to Show them that sin ended at the cross. That's why people are co being condemned right now. And the Bible just told you there's no more condemnation. Well, why are you condemned? Because you still think you're under sin. You're not under sin no more. Well, let me just show you that for you in Romans chapter 3. Before, after this, we go to Romans 6 14. I'm waiting on Romans 3 19 for the screen. See, if you get to Romans chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible plan is going to tell you he's not talking to you. After this, we go to Galatians 3, 19. We're going to show you why the law came and how long it's supposed to last. See, people, people are not going by the Bible. They're going by their religion, tradition of men. When you leave this church on our 100th Baptist anniversary, you ought to go and join yourself to another Baptist church. You hear me? Do you hear me, girl? Ain't nowhere in the Bible told you to go join yourself to another Baptist church. But that's what people tell you. And if, you, if you're not in the church of God, you're not coaching, you're not even in the church, boy. Let me move. So some of y'all scared to say something because y'all know folks looking at you. Let's go to Galatians. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 19. It's on the screen. Here we go. Read. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, whatever the law says, watch this. Whatever the law says. So if you read all that stuff in the Old Covenant, what the law says, look what it says. It says to them that are under the law. So he's not talking to you. The law stopped at the cross. The law was fulfilled by Christ. So the law wasn't talking to you. Whatever the law said, don't forget what this is saying. This is a powerful scripture. Whatever the law says, it says to them that was under the law. So when the Bible said, repent and be baptized, who are you talking to? He ain't talking to you. That was under the law. John the Baptist preached baptism. And yet folks are basing their whole life in church on water baptism. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law said, it said to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Guilty? Guilty. There's no condemnation. Guilty. Can't be talking to me. See, you got to know what the word says. You know, the word says you're not guilty. You sit out there being cool, you're guilty. You, you, you're going, putting them handcuffs on. 
Well, verse 20, where I'm going, next verse. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified. Nobody can be saved by the law. Nobody. And yet folks are still trying to be water baptized by the law and tell you it's not the law. It is the law. Who you think started water baptism? It wasn't John the Baptist. It was people before. The, 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 uh, the, the priests of Aaron, they water baptized. Every sacrifice that they offered on the altar, they had to wash it. That's why they had the thing I showed you last week when I showed you the tabernacle in the wilderness. You, you go Google on your screen on television and you go to the word tabernacle. And that'll show you they had all the way around the tabernacle uh, uh, the basin on top, of, on top of bulls full of water. It was for the priest. That's why they washed Jesus off before he could be the sacrifice. You got to understand, Jesus was the high priest of our sacrifice. See, you got to listen. Jesus was the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they offered up bulls and goats and turtles and pigeons and everything else. But in the New Covenant, they didn't need that. Why? Because Christ went to the cross for us. He became our eternal sacrifice. That's the only way you're able to get eternal redemption. He's our eternal sacrifice, so he don't want that stuff no more. And yet, folks are trying to force it on him. Take this water, Jesus. Eat some of this bread. All right. Romans chapter 3, verse 20, put it on the screen again. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there should no flesh be justified. That last verse was what I want. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Remember, I'm teaching on the knowledge of sin. Well, how do you get the knowledge of sin? You got to be sitting in the law. So with people under the law, guess what they have? Are sin conscious. Go to Hebrews 9, 14. People who are under the law got a sin conscious. They always condemn you. I mean, they're so bad you can't even, I'm from the Mississippi. You're so bad you can't drink Red Rock. Some of y'all don't know nothing about those are the kind of drinks we had down south called Red Rock. And you can't drink that one because it got a devil on it. And you know that, you know that drinking. <laughs> Some of y'all won't drink them today because they got a devil. <clears throat> All right, where I'm going? Hebrews 9, 14. Just want to make sure y'all listen to me. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 14. One verse. How much more? Back at verse 11. I need to take this out of context. Go to verse 11. I got eight minutes. This clock is moving, boy. For Christ, Hebrew 9, 11. For Christ becoming high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hand, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. See, he, he was his own sacrifice. He entered in once, into the holy place. One time, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, how many know what redemption is? Come on now, everybody, everybody got to catch up. If you don't know, you got to catch up. You hear somebody saying it, if I don't stop them, you know they're right. If they're wrong, I'm going to shh. <laughs> eternal redemption is re eternal forgiveness. Come on now, what is eternal, eternal redemption? So when you read Ephesians chapter 1 and you look at verse 6 and 7, you will see. Matter of fact, I go there next. I don't want you to be deceived. Uh, we're going to go down to verse 15 and we're going to move on. All right, verse number, say eternal redemption. All right, verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled unclean, sanctified, the purified of the flesh, that's all they did, washed their flesh. How much more Shall the blood of Christ, who offered himself without spot to God, watch this, because of his death on the cross and his precious blood was shed, he purged our conscience. What is our conscience? Our mind, our soul. So you need to write it down. You need to, don't take for granted you got this stuff. God saved your soul. So you got to know what he means. He saved your mind. 
He said, your country, this is why so many people get old and they don't know where they're at. I'm trying to help you. The greatest thing to help you with Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, what are call Alzheimer's or timers? All depends where you're from. I'm so glad you smiled. Thank God. Get a lot of big hands. I try to get you to smile at least once a service. If regardless of what you have, you get your mind is saved by the word. See, you don't see it. I'm 73 years old. If you don't, you about to get you some P-R-E. I can't say it. Some of y'all still know what it is. Privilege. Some of y'all don't know yet, but watch the commercials and stuff. So I'm telling you, listen, I understood. When I went through surgery, God is my witness. I had lost some days. You know, 14 days, you, you've been dead for a few days. You know what I mean? I don't remember about three or four of them days out of 14 of them. And then when I came home, my wife let me drive because she was like, you ain't driving nothing. So I can drive. You ain't driving. Just sit over there and be quiet. You ain't driving. That's how she used to do that's how she used to do me. Hey, and then one day I was coming home and she let me drive and I came around the corner where I used to live at uh, on the golf course and we was coming around the corner and I got to the four-way stop sign coming from Lowe's down that hill. And I got there and I paused. She didn't know. I said, eeny, meeny, meeny. <laughs> 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 yeah, do I go left or do I go right? And God's my witness. I took that little turn, and my wife said, where are you going? I said, I'm going down here and turn around, of course. <laughs> I was lost. And I lived on a golf course 10 years. Listen, God had to restore my mind. All this word I knew. When I had that surgery, I didn't know it all anymore. There were times I'd be like, man, what did that say? And I got to go in the Bible and put it back up there again. That's what I've been doing for the last so many years since I had surgery. The day is four years exactly. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't want no cheap hand clap. I want a stand ovation. Today is four years Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He gave my mind back. Today is exactly, exactly to the day, 9-11. Today is 9-11. He gave my life back. He gave my mind back. He gave your pastor back. You ought to give him praise. You ought to give him glory. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to even teach no more. I'm going to stop right there. We're just going to thank the Lord. We're going to take a moment and thank the Lord. That's why I'm happy. That's why I'm so happy today. God healed my body. Gave my mind back. That's why I'm happy. I just want to share that with you. I'm so glad to have my... See, listen, when you got your mind back, them scriptures just flow. Now, you've got to understand something. I'm not talking about the natural mind. That's why David says, created me. Clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God gave your mind back, you got to use your mind for the Lord. That's why my wife would tell you, I'll sit down and watch TV all day long, never, touch the, never cut the volume up. My children be sitting there with me going like, Dad, do you ever listen to anything? I said, no, I, I, can, see, I can read their lips. I know what they're saying. I don't want to hear what they said. But I want that word. 
Because the word of God will renew your mind. Reprogram yourself. I'm, I'm programming myself right now. So when I get older, I ain't say old because I'm already old. When I get older, you get older, you can lose some of your sight. So you're going to have to have some word within. So when you're laying in the bed at night and you can't be able to get up and read like you want to read. You got some word in you and you got the Holy Ghost in you. And the spirit of God will take the word that you have eaten all your life and store it up. No wonder the words say, go to the ant. That's what the ant does. He stores up so when he gets to a place he don't have nothing. He sits back and crosses his leg while you in the snow. <laughs> Y'all hear me? That's why, we, that's why I don't miss no services. When we got home last, uh, yesterday afternoon, we, went, we came here. We got dropped off here. And we were here to eat some last night, making sure I'm ready for you. And back here this morning before a certain time every Sunday morning because I want to be ready for the church I pastor. So you come in here, God gave me a whole series. He already gave me part one and part two and some other stuff for the whole series. Already divine intervention. The spirit of a living God just breathes, speaks to you. you can, I can hear him talking to me, telling me what they say. Write this down, write this down, write this down, write this down. That's how the Lord do me. But this is all yours. Everything I have is yours. Come on, let's clap your hands and thank the Lord. Clap your hands, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. I, I want you not to look at me this time. I want you, let me get over here for you can look this way. Because I want you to pay on these beautiful people. I'm going to get right here in the front of you. Follow me around. Would you pay and get them folks back there? That's who I want. I'm their gift. First Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said, I declare to you the gospel. And you over there can shoot me through this way. See, that way you can get all the folk on this side. That's how that works. Moreover, brother, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you have received and where you stand. My job is to give you so much wisdom until you grab knowledge. My job is for you to bring that knowledge in here and by the spirit of a living God, we're going to turn it into understanding. We're going to the third level. You're not going to just be a wise person, but you're going to be a, a wise person with the knowledge of God. And then you're going to have understanding so you can be established. It doesn't do no good to have all the knowledge, but you can't. You're not established. A tree can't bring forth fruit until it's established. No tree moves around and still can be fruitful. They that are planted in the house of the Lord shall bring forth fruit even in their old age. That's what the word says. Christ died for our sins and he was buried and God raised him again from the dead to make you right with God. Paid for everything you've done. He doesn't even put anything on your account. When you do mess up, he doesn't put it on your account. My God, the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord has washed away all your sin, past, present, and future. God has already reconciled you to himself. He's already made you his son. He's already, everything you need to be done has already been done. But you can't get it until you receive Christ. Receive him in your heart right now. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online 
at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.